Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back, finally, after about a month, I'll say, of... uh, our last show, so we're doing another one uh, since the uh, NHL draft lottery took place. So we're going to cover that uh, during this segment. We're also going to talk about the the league and what's going on. Minor updates as we inch by inch try to get back to playing hockey. So we'll cover that. Some duck news as well. Uh, Murray had a little press conference there, kind of a surprise one that popped up during the last couple of weeks. We also had the announcement of the details about OC Vibe, and we'll discuss that as your fan reactions as well. So lots of things to cover here, Eddie. Um, I guess before we dive into in everything, how have you uh, been doing in this last month since uh, you know we haven't had a show for a little while? Bored. I miss hockey. I, um, I actually got to play hockey a couple weeks ago, which was really fun. My first, uh, I, I have my first Star Wars-owned item. We had a Star Wars... Um, like ice hockey tournament, kind of one day tournament. It was really fun, three on three. I haven't been on the ice in over a year and a half, I want to say. But I mean, I was bambi legs when I first started, but I, I just got the rhythm. It felt good to be on the ice. I, I, and I started flying, moving. I got a little hat trick. So that was really fun. I just been keeping busy, uh, exercising, drinking, playing video games, uh, and just, just trying to um, keep my mind occupied. Wrote some nice little articles too about the all-time draft from the Ducks. This should be posted, you know, shortly. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Yeah, I, you're right. You have a bunch of those articles you did. I will be posting those uh, in this next week or so. Uh, I've been kind of working a lot, too, lately with the way the world's been going and things have been going on. So I've been a little bit busy, but we've been cranking out some of the articles. So they will be on there. Uh, a bunch will be coming out this week for you guys to check out. So let's get to the league and what's going on since the last show. Not a whole lot has really happened in the last three, four weeks. Uh, The league did decide on a couple things. They figured out the number of games that they're playing for each series. You remember that was kind of up in the air. They had said that the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final would be seven games. They've now decided that round one and two will also be seven games. So... The whole thing for this return to hockey, if it does happen, will be seven-game series except for the qualifying round. That'll be the five-game series. So they, they determined that. They also are going with the old-school reseeding, uh, which we discussed on the last show. So what that means is after the qualifying round, when they when teams are playing and getting eliminated, they'll be going by the highest seed against the worst seed uh, for those couple rounds up into the conference finals. So a little bit of old-school that they're bringing back. They also decided, too, when they have the round robin for the top four teams, if there's some kind of tiebreaker, it'll be based upon the winning percentage that'll break that tiebreaker from the regular season. So a couple little knickknacks and things like that that they cleaned up and whatnot. Not a whole lot of news there with the the league. That's why we kind of held off for a little bit until the uh, the draft lottery. Uh, As far as the cities go, there's still a lot of talk. Uh, Eddie and I are both pushing for Vegas. We're pretty sure Vegas will be one of them. Uh, they are still one of the front runners. For a little while there, it looked like Vancouver might have been one of them, but th- now they're saying that it's out. It looks like Toronto may be the front runner, and that they're also talking about the only other couple ones left are Edmonton, Chicago, and L.A. So 
They're kind of narrowing it, that down, Eddie, but I, I still really feel uh, that'll be Vegas and some kind of Canadian uh, team, uh, hopefully when uh, hockey resumes, Eddie. What do you think about you know the way that they're doing the format and all this? Oh, uh, same thing. Definitely love the seven games. Uh, the more hockey, the better. And and people that, that want to say, oh, well, whoever wins the Stanley Cup, it, 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 it's not fair. It doesn't count. No, they're playing the full seven games minus the, the, that playing round. So it, it's definitely going to count and, and going to be real hockey. And whoever wins deserves to win. As far as the hub cities, I've said it on a previous show. I always said Vegas was, was going to be a hub city. And it definitely is. Vegas has stupid amount of money and, and you know, people say well it's not about the money it's about safety no it's not it's about the money because it, uh, that that's all that kind of matters at this point uh, you know uh, to to an extent vegas uh has the money they've been doing the award shows when other cities wanted to host it vegas was the, always the front runner because they have the most money and and in vegas they have so many hotels around it to keep everyone kind of distant from each other. So that, that's definitely going to be number one. And I mentioned a Canadian market too. I, I know the numbers for COVID-19 are lower in the Canadian markets, but also it's just they want to sell the sport. And where better else to sell the sport in a playoffs, even though fans aren't going to attend, this, it's, it, it's just it makes sense it's going to be uh, another Canadian market. Yeah, Toronto, I heard Edmonton too, but it seems like it's going to be Vegas and Toronto. I don't care if they play in Egypt. I just want I just want to watch some hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I yeah, and I think that's the thing with a lot of people right now is there's no sports right now at all, right? Uh, no hockey. Whether you like the other sports or not, there's no basketball, baseball. I'm not talking about the interna- uh, international baseball. I'm saying there's no baseball here. There's nothing, you know, sports-wise in the United States. There's nothing going on right now. Um, so it's rough. So the way hockey is looking is. They're talking about possibly going to phase three in July, around July 10th through the 13th, according to Bob McKenzie. That's what he uh, just put out this week. So they're trying to see if they can go to that. Uh, Like I said, a couple weeks, they haven't decided on all the protocols yet, but they're trying to work them out and and get them done. So that's kind of where we're at. They're hoping that a vote will come in the next week or so, and then they can you know, start moving along. And the prediction was to have hockey, like the actual tournament, towards the end of July. So that's where we're at. We did get a little bit of taste of hockey this last week, right? We had the uh, NHL draft lottery. And I, <laughs> if you're a Ducks fan, it really didn't go the way we wanted. Um, I, I, you know, I, was, I actually went back. I don't always do this, but I, I listened to our last show. Uh, you know, a little while later, I, I, I do go back and listen to him, but th- this time I decided to go back because it had been a few weeks. And I remember us talking about this and we were saying how we would be happy if the Ducks got anything from fifth and up. <laughs> and of course they get sixth. And like all of you out there, you know, we were all irritated. And then of course the Kings go from fourth to second. <laughs> And then I'm, I'm, I'm more irritated now because we got bumped a spot. They go up a couple spots. And then who wins the draft? Well, we don't even know who did win the draft because of the stupid scenario that Eddie and I talked about in the last show about these qualifying teams being in here and potentially winning one of the top three spots or the top spot. And then they win the top spot and everybody's freaking pissed off. And I don't blame you. I, I mean, I, I'm irritated too the way that this went down. Um, 
Not that I have any sympathy for Detroit, but they went from one to four. So that kind of sucked for them because they're, you know, last season was basically the NHL and then there was like this other team called Detroit, right? And I mean, that that's what it was, right? I mean, no love loss. We're, we're Ducks fans, right? We, we don't like Detroit, but I mean, let's be real, right? They weren't even on the face of the planet. <laughs> but then for them to get boned that bad, I was like, wow. I mean, that, I'm, I'm sorry, that sucks. That sucks for them. But uh, I, what's your reaction, Eddie? I mean, I think most of us are in agreement. We were just like, we get bumped down, the Kings go up, then we don't know who wins. Like everybody was just kind of like, you know, WTF. Like what, what is this crap? What did, what did you think about the draft lottery and how it unfolded? Uh, I think it was total bullshit. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I was pissed off. I, I know I sound so petty by being mad about six, but I'd be happy about fifth. But it was just like, come on. And the Kings went number two, like, Oh, man. You know what? I almost want the Kings to get the first overall pick because it just seems kind of weird. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like a conspiracy person or, or anything like that. It just seems kind of weird that during this time and this, this new format, the, the you know, the NHL did, it seems like they had some sort of influence in, in how it went down. Because I guarantee Phase 2 will have double the ratings from Phase 1 of the lottery draft and people, more people are going to tune in. I don't know. It just... It pissed me off, but then I, I, you know, once I calmed down, settled down after I took a few shots to calm me down, I just looked at, like, you know, I was looking at my ceiling and my Ducks poster, and I was like, you know what, sixth overall, that's not too bad because it could be worse. I could be a Red Wings fan having thirty nine points last season and <laughs> getting getting stunned like they did. Their fans went absolutely nuts. Like I, I'm surprised they didn't go down to Toronto and riot over there at the freaking NHL headquarters. <laughs> they were freaking furious. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of wish they would sh- like just have the little balls and stuff. Like do it live. Like have a little box. Like we're talking about. You know. Uh, you know. Before we started recording, have a little box showing those. You know, all those balls, and then pulling it out and doing that, and having like commentary and talking about the, the, the things like that. So I mean, I, I, it just kind of sucked that the Ducks got six, but I'm I'm optimistic that we'll get a good player. And I have to think about the Avalanche when they had Ottawa's pick. Their uh, and then Ottawa was the worst team in the league, and the Avs should have got the, the first overall, but they ended up getting the fourth overall, and it worked out for them because they got a player of Kale McCarr, and he's pretty much if you can redraft at this point he'd probably be taken first overall so i'm just gonna keep my uh, keep my positive thoughts and and hope the ducks pick a, a stud player and that's it's gonna surprise everybody and then we, we can look back this a, a few years from now and be like oh man if we can redraft you know this player the ducks got i wish he would have went first overall so you never know it's a draft anything can happen yeah, and, and we'll talk about some of the players here in, a, uh, in just a second, kind of break it down, what we think you know the Ducks might go for. And there are some articles out there, too, and I'll mention those a little bit uh, later. So with this, that was interesting. I did another one of our podcast polls uh, on Facebook. I, I don't know what's going on with the Facebook org pages, though. You can't do like a traditional poll where like you click and vote anymore. Uh, I you know, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in social media, period. And I'm not going <laughs> to go off on that tangent. But for the polling that we did do, just asking you guys about this draft lottery and if it was fair or if it was rigged, a majority of you thought it was rigged. Uh, and the reason why I'm laughing is not, be- is, is not because you felt that way. It's just because a lot of times I do these polls 
and I and I have a an idea of what I think the poll's gonna be. And I thought this was gonna be one of those like 40-60 polls, and it was not 40-60. It was over 75% of you thought the draft was rigged this time around, which which surprised me. I, I didn't think that many of you would would go you know that way, and you did. <laughs> so uh, some of the things that we talked about on here, what happened? I think a lot of it was the Ducks got bumped down one. Uh, the Kings getting bumped up didn't help either. As Eddie talked about, the whole thing is you have an unknown team that won, and they're going to have now this phase two, which I'll talk about a little bit here in a second, but I, I didn't really talk about it on the last show. And the reason why is because I hoped it wasn't going to happen. That was you know one, which we talked about. And two, if it did happen, then I was like, okay, we'll talk about it after the fact. So we'll, we'll break it down. But in terms of it being rigged or not, I, man, this is such a hard one for me. Eddie and I discussed this before the show. I don't think the whole thing is like completely rigged, like, you know, it's all fake and everything because they have all these combinations. They have to draw four different balls uh, for each combo uh, that'll, you know, determine who gets each, each pick. I wrote it in the article. The Ducks were actually one draw away. They The first three balls that were picked... They had those same three in, in some of their winning combinations. They had a chance to win. I wrote that in the article. If you didn't see it, please go check it out. It's in there. It lays it out in really great detail. Um, we had it. Uh, Sportsnet on there talked about the, you know, the, the numbers and everything. I don't want to waste time on the show. But if you go on there, it talks about it. And the Ducks were that close. That's the part that frustrated me too is they were only one ball away from getting a winning combination. So that part irritated me. So the other thing... I think is that it's not recorded live is what is irritating to me. You watch the lottery. I don't know how they do it in other states, but usually in California, they put it on the TV. Here, they have the GMs, league officials. They're in a room. They have the drawings and everything, but they don't show it on TV. And I'm just really skeptical in this day and age now with everything that's going on in the world. I, I call bullshit on a lot of stuff and, and people laugh at me because I do, but I feel a lot of stuff out there in the world isn't necessarily true, uh, especially mainstream media. I just don't think it is. So with this, when you guys are skeptical about the draft and saying that it's not recorded and, and at least shown on TV visual, I agree with you. And I think it should be changed. I think a better way, again, Eddie and I talked about this, is have a show <clears throat> where you have the drawings and space it out. Have the drawing. Show the eighth pick, right? And then talk about something. Talk about the draft or what the league's doing. Have a player interview. Do something like that. Then do number seven. Then six, five, four, three. You know, do something to make it more interesting, honestly. I mean, if they want more people to tune in, I would be more likely to tune in if you've got draft prospects on there or interviews from GMs or something on there added than just sitting on there, you know, talking a little bit. Okay, number eight, number seven, number six, you know, whoop de doo So... To me, I, I don't think it's necessarily rigged, but I don't like the process of how it went down at all. I think it could have been changed. And a couple things that we talked about was doing just the top seven teams on the last show and calling it. Or you do the 15 teams, but you do the 15 teams once you know who those other eight teams would have been. And that's something that uh, Thomas also brought that up on our poll on Facebook, which is exactly what Eddie and I were talking about. So us three are in agreement with that. Uh, you know, I, I just think the way that it went down, Eddie, um, like I said, I don't think it was rigged, but I think it could have been done way better. 
Well, yeah, it's crazy to think that once they do this play-in thing, if you have teams like Pittsburgh or Edmonton losing, they have a chance to get this first overall pick that can skyrocket their franchise. Well, not really Edmonton, because I'm sure they'll, they'll find a way to screw it up and not be successful. But, like, the Penguins, it's, it's just crazy. It's It seemed like it was like a little bit unfair. And I'm not just talking as a Ducks standpoint. I'm talking about, you know, you had teams like Ottawa and Detroit that are sinking. And like you mentioned, like, the Red Wings weren't even in the, in the NHL last season. I don't know where they were or what kind of hockey they were playing. They were playing some crap hockey. And they kind of deserve a player that can help their franchise and bring more fans to their building I mean, to help grow the game. And that's all that matters to me. And I'm not, I'm not just saying you know, Ducks are nothing. You know, I, I want hockey to succeed as a whole and now it's just it seems like a big joke people are mad and you know i had people uh, i read comments people from uh, like toronto fans or uh, what should we call it pittsburgh fans saying that hey I, i'm a pittsburgh or toronto fan and this seems unfair that if we lose we might get this player and it just kind of gives zero incentive too for those teams in the play-in like okay well the chances of us winning the stanley cup is really slim why not just tank and get the you know a chance to get the first overall pick? I, I don't know. It just I think that they dropped the ball. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy or anything going on. I just think there's a little bit of influence. And if you guys know that that rapper Fifty Cent, he said uh, if it makes money, it makes sense. And I think at this point, uh, uh, how everything happened, I think um, he's right with that quote. It's only going to bring more money uh, for the NHL. If they did have influence to to make this mystery team get the first overall, it's gonna build that suspense, that momentum, just just like you're writing a movie, you know, the climax of the movie, and, and I don't know, it just it sucks. That that's all I gotta say. I really hope they they change something in the future and and do something live so fans can actually see for themselves. Because you have fans like myself that will watch every one of those damn balls come out of that thing and write down things you have no idea how obsessed with hockey i am and and how i pay attention to the, the littlest details i wish i had this much focus when i when i went to school and studying biology or something like that like that much focus i i have but i don't know i hope something changes but i really hope that a team that needs that first overall pick gets it and not a team that just you know just kind of just choked in that play-in and and they get a a top a top prospect that's just going to just bolster the team even more no, I agree 100%. I mean, you could even have, you know, a draft lottery watch party and have the, you know, have the drawing, have the balls out there and have people over and have fun. Like, I, I think it would be a big thing, you know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how it unfolds. And like I said, make a big production out of it. That's what they want anyways. They want more audience. And by having an unknown team win, okay, now there's the second phase, which Eddie and I didn't want. So you have that, which is going to get more attention. And like Eddie's talking about, you have these teams playing that, you know, what's the incentive to win now? I mean, if I lose in the qualifying round, I have a one and eighth chance of winning. So 12.5% chance of winning the overall first pick. And like Eddie talked about, you have teams in there like Pittsburgh and Edmonton and other teams, Carolina, the Islanders, Toronto, Nashville, Vancouver, Calgary, the, the teams that are all ranked 5, 6, 7, and 8 in each conference have a chance to get those picks. I, I mean, that's just crazy in my opinion. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. Something stinks. Um, we had a fan question about this. They asked, okay, 
COVID-19, right? The season doesn't finish. So what happens? So this is what will happen. If for some reason they decide to cancel the season, wait till next year, the way it will work is <clears throat> there will still be a second phase. And there will be eight teams that will be picked to have the chance of getting that, that number one overall pick. And the way it will work is it'll just go by the next eight worst teams after those first seven. So it'll be Montreal, Chicago, Arizona, Minnesota, Winnipeg, the Rangers, uh, Florida, and Columbus. So those teams, the next eight worst will get it, which I almost kind of want that instead now because I, I think that they should have just done that from the beginning, honestly. It's like, why why do you have these play-in teams in this? They, they should have either waited, like I said, till after the play-in round to do this or... If they were so apt to do it now, then why, why don't you just put the teams in the reverse order, right? The 15 worst and do it now. Uh, I mean, that that's how I feel. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know that it was rigged uh, since they use so many combinations and all this stuff. But it's just super convenient that this thing panned out the way it did where it required a phase two. And then it also has a, a team winning that nobody knows who the team is. So, of course, like Eddie said, more people are now talking about this. I mean, heck, we're even talking about it on the show right now, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, it seems too much of a coincidence, and I'm not one to believe in coincidences that much. I just, I don't really do that. But that was a really good question. Um, out of those teams, if, if, the ho- if hockey does not resume, um, I'd probably want Arizona or Columbus to get the first overall pick. I, I think they're both franchises that that don't get that much attention or respect Columbus. I can't believe Columbus wasn't in Detroit's spot after that. They lost a lot of their players. They relied on, you know, Alvis Merlikis, which was a nobody that came in and stole the show and won, stole so many games for them. I think they deserve a player to build up their franchise and, and that'd be great. And Arizona has been, you know, people have been joking about it, saying that, that they don't belong in a league, that they should just move to Quebec. Uh, I, I think they deserve uh, that generational talent right there to build their franchise. And then they have Taylor Hall, which for some reason, every team he plays on, they end up stealing a first overall pick. You go back to Edmonton, you go back to New Jersey, so who knows. But if I if I had to pick out of those losing teams from this question and from, from the response that you uh, you generated, Mike, I'd probably pick Columbus or Arizona to pick uh, to get that overall uh, first overall pick. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Honestly, I wish it was just that way. But yeah, if it's Arizona or Columbus, I'd be fine with that. I, I posted something and people cracked up. I talked about Edmonton or Chicago getting it, and I was joking uh, on Facebook. And I and people got like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I was, I'm just making a joke that if those two teams get it, I think everybody's going to get upset. That's what I was getting at. So I'm with you on that. Uh, we had another question. A couple different people. Uh, I believe these are Instagram. Uh, uh, Chris, the, Christian Moreno. Uh, Dylan and Brendan that asked about well what do you think uh, the Ducks will get for the sixth pick you know I, you know how's it going to pan out now so with what's happened now I think certain players are off the board so if we're talking about uh, Lafreniere he's gone Byfield uh, Stutzla those three guys they're gone okay let's just be real about it they're going to go probably you know one two three um, or at least in the top five for sure, they're going to be out of it. So it's a question of who's left for the Ducks. We posted a bunch of articles on this. 
Um, we had articles on Jamie Drysdale, Alexander Holtz, uh, Lucas Raymond, Marco Rossi, and there's also Cole Perfredi too as well. So I think those guys are in the mix. Uh, I know Eddie has got uh, some info on some of the players that he's going to tell you uh, from elite prospects, uh, you know, how they work out and why he thinks the Ducks will get certain players to, to answer this uh, questions or questions because we've got a lot of people asking about it. But I think those players are in the mix. Uh, Drysdale's probably on the fence. I think he gets taken in the top five, but maybe not. But, uh, Eddie, I'll let you break it down. I know you got some info that you want to talk about some of the other players and some of the ones that you think that the Ducks will pick, um, you know, as the sixth uh, draft pick. Yeah, well, let's start with Lucas Raymond. Uh, he was described as a, a very well-rounded and highly skilled winger, blessed with exceptional hockey sense, terrific hands, great speed, and a fine worth ethic. He uh, plays at plenty of intensity and battles hard for the puck. He's a nightmare to play against with his forechecking and puck-stealing abilities. He has a strong two-way game and is a uh, capable penalty killer. Uh, he has a strong wrist shot and excellent vision. Few weaknesses overall and is a player that doesn't wait for the play to happen, but one that generates the play to make things happen. That was by Elite Prospects. Uh, Cole Perfetti, uh, this one was from the Hockey News. Um, it was a, His former coach, Tippett, said, uh, you play against him and you see a kid with that talent. You want to play with him. Um, it's the way he sees the ice, everything from little passes to smart plays to the way he sticks, uh, his stick is positioned, and obviously his shot speaks for itself. He's a special player. Now, Al uh, Alexander Holtz, uh, offensively skilled player, a, a true goal scorer, impressive wrist shot and slapper. He has the ability to know exactly where to be on the ice and make things happen. Also a smart player with good on-ice vision and fine technical skills. Not a poor playmaker either, as he sees openings well and sets up his teammates, although he prefers to finish to play himself. Capable skater, although his acceleration could be better. That was by Elite Prospects. Uh, these players uh, seem really great. Um, with Bob Murray's track record, I can see him uh, getting Raymond or Holtz because they're Swedish players, and we all know how the Ducks like to draft Swedish players. I do one thing that really uh, stood out to me on this is uh, on Lucas Raymond, uh, the quote, but the one that um, he says, uh, he doesn't wait for the play to happen, but the one that generates the play and make things happen. I think that's something really special uh, for a player. It reminds me of Gretzky where he would be like, he wouldn't be in position where the puck is. He's going to be in position where the puck is going to be. And I think, that quote right there makes me, you know, weigh in on, on wanting this player more. And I, I think the Ducks definitely lack that. They all just kind of follow the puck and go for it. But you, I can't really think of a player that really goes where the puck's going to be. I think one of the players that did that most of recent was Andrew Cogliano would, you know, on the penalty kill. For some reason, he would be where the puck was going to be and he would get generate scoring chances. I think that's a really a special attribute for a player to have because not only does it, it helps for scoring chances, but when he goes where the puck's going to be and he generates chances by himself, it makes other players around him better and and more offensively you know capable. So I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really good to see that, that attribute from a kid that young too and, and how people are talking about him that way. Um, if I were to pick, I'd probably pick Lucas Raymond, 
Um, for that, I haven't watched too much video on on either of these players, which I'm going to, and we'll, we'll dive down uh, deeper on you know, on our show uh, come the draft. But you know, we're just reading that right there would would sway me to pick him. Yeah, and we will have another show too. What you know, whenever the draft officially gets done, or you know, we get closer to it, we will talk about the players more in depth. But I'm with Eddie. I like Lucas Raymond. The other thing is he plays both wing positions. I, I this is just my personal thing. I like players that can play multiple positions. Uh, it's a big thing for me because it gives you more flexibility in the lineup. He can play right wing and left wing. Alexander Holtz can only play right wing. Uh, or at least that's what he's listed as. So for me, when a when a player's listed that he's able to play both spots, you know, I think that's an added advantage too. And I agree with Eddie in the point of, hey, you don't just let the play happen; you go after it. So I would be happy with either one. I like Raymond more. If Drysdale is there for some reason at the sixth pick, I do think the Ducks go for him because as Eddie and I talked about, the the defense for Anaheim has had some issues, and I think that would help out. I just don't know that it, he'll be there. And that kind of leads us to our other question from Alex, uh, Ducks17583. Uh, he talks about, you know, the Ducks have two first-round picks. Is it possible that they get a uh, forward and a defenseman? And, I mean, it depends. I, it's what Murray's talked about is, hey, they go for the best possible player, right? But I think, Eddie, between these two first-round picks, I, I really think that they would go for – you know, a forward and a defenseman if it's there. But I don't know. It, it, it really, it's just how it unfolds. And for me, the Ducks' defense is the bigger issue. So I would think that they would get one of each. Uh, like you said, if Drysdale's not there, they go for Raymond or Holtz as their, you know, sixth pick and then later go for a defenseman. That's kind of what I'm thinking they'll do. Obviously, things can change. We don't know when the draft's going to be. But uh, that's my take on that, Eddie. Yeah, I'm going to stick with, the, as Brian Murray said, um, or Bob Murray, I want to say Brian. Oh, God, that's old school. Um, <laughs> he's probably going to get the best player possible. Um, if it's a it's a winger, a center, a goalie, who, like th- that that last pick on the first round that they have, he's probably going to get the best player possible. And and, and I respect that. That's cool. I mean, he, he can blossom to be something great. If not, you can always trade him, which, you know, Ducks have a good track record of trading their first you know, first round draft picks. Um, but as far as the first one, I, I, it's so hard not to pick one of the, like one of the three guys that we listed. It's just, ah, uh, man, it's just, it, it's so hard not to pick them. Uh, and even if Drysdale does drop down that low, it, it's still hard not to pick either one of those players. Cause we definitely need some scoring help and we definitely need someone that puts the puck in, in the back of the net, and that can create opportunities and chances. Um, I, I read too. Uh, next year's draft supposed to be defensive heavy, and even uh, the first overall draft pick projected is to be a defenseman. So I mean, maybe it might you know be plausible for Murray to pick offense right now with the two first rounds he has. And I mean, next season the Ducks aren't going to make the playoffs or, make, or win the Stanley Cup. They're probably going to be in the same boat. Unless it's something really just does a 180, but in hockey it takes time and takes patience. So I mean, I would just be patient and pick you know some you know offensive help the Ducks need in this draft, 
and then come next draft, you can go ahead and shoot after those, you know, defensive heavy prospects that are supposed to be projected next draft. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, we'll have to see how it unfolds. I, you know, I'm with you on that. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if Drysdale is gone before they get to that first pick that the Ducks do go with a couple forwards like you talked about. So we will have, like I said, another show going into more depth on this. Uh, we have more articles being written. We have a new writer, Logan, who's been writing a bunch of them and posting them out there. So if you haven't seen him, check them out. Uh, I've reposted the links a couple times for you guys to look at, but he's writing more articles on these players and we'll be posting them uh, as well in the coming weeks. <clears throat> so I talked about the league and the draft and all the other things going on. There was some Ducks news in the last couple weeks. A couple things did happen. Uh, there was the announcement uh, about the OC vibe. Uh, if you remember, I wrote an article about how the Ducks were going to build up around Hana Center uh, recently and now they've kind of put out the official plan, which is, is it's exciting. Uh, I, there's positives and negatives we'll talk about, but uh, they have this three million, uh, excuse me, three billion dollar plan that they're going to build up around Honda Center, where they're going to have a, a venue that holds uh, six thousand seats. They want to have uh, thirty restaurants slash retail shops around Honda Center, a couple uh, hotel rooms as well, a landscaped uh, pedestrian area where you can walk and run. They're talking about adding two thousand eight hundred residential units. Also, office space of over 800000 They're also talking about constructing a bridge over Catella to uh, alleviate construction, or excuse me, uh, traffic, uh, pedestrian traffic uh, over the, uh, the main area there on Catella and Douglas. So it got unveiled this last week. A lot of people were excited about it. Um, the Angels are also doing something as well by Angel Stadium. So they're trying to build up all this stuff, basically make it an area where you can go hang out 24-7, right? Or you go before a game or after a game and you hang out and whatnot, uh, kind of to rival LA Live, you know, if you will. So that's what's going on. It's in the works. It's not, at least on the Ducks end, not supposed to be done until 2024. It seems like a lot of people are excited about it, but then a lot of people are upset too because of the traffic. That's going to occur 24-7. Also, parking. They did say that they're going to have parking structures that they're, that they're going to work on, too, as well. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I like it overall. I, I think it's exciting. It's something that I think we need to have, you know, not just somewhere where you go to a game and you leave. Like, Eddie and I will go to JT Smith's before a game and then leave. Um, some of my other friends and I will, will go by the uh, movie theater and the restaurants uh, on Catella. Uh, just across the riverbed and hang out. Uh, my wife and I will just go to the game and leave. Like you know, there's not really a lot of options basically uh, around that area, uh, especially when there's not a game. I mean, I mean, what do you do, right? There's there's not a lot of stuff to go hang out and, and do. So I like the fact that they're building it up, and there's going to be more things, uh, you know, every day of the week basically. But I share the concern that many of you have too, and I think the fact that the traffic and the parking, I think that's going to be part, uh, you know, a nightmare, especially on game days, or especially when the Ducks and, and the Angels overlap. I know it's not a lot, it, you know, it only happens a little bit, but uh, that could be problematic too. What do you think about this OC vibe uh, design and plan, Eddie? 
I think it's great. I think it's going to be awesome. I think you're going to have me spend the night at your house a lot more after games <laughs> when this gets built. Um, it's just only positive. It's, it's going to generate a lot of revenue for the city of Anaheim. It's going to bring in more crowds to the Ducks games. It's just going to be fun overall. I remember uh, when I went to the went to Colorado, the, the stadium series at Coors Field where the Rockies play, there was a bunch of bars like – you're walking to the stadium and there's bars everywhere. Like, I don't know how many bars that we even went to. We just, every bar, here, 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 here. It was just fun atmosphere. We, we, you know, they had this big old thing where you can go in, shoot pucks. It, it just, it was a fun experience. And I overall had uh, probably one of the best times I ever had at a hockey game. Yeah, of course, it was a stadium series, so it's going to be different. Uh, even Arizona, if you guys have been to over there in Arizona where they play, um, right in front of their arena, there's a two-story complex where it's just bars and restaurants and shops. And it just makes, you know, for a different experience, a fun experience. You can go, you know, get to the game three hours early because you're going to go and drink. You're going to go eat. You're going to go shop. Um, it, it's it's going to be fun. And also, a lot of fans, and I, I know the Ducks were trying to get an all-star game. But, I mean, you can't really have an all-star game over there in Anaheim because it's nothing around there. J.T. Smith, that's it. The rest is kind of boring. Uh, you have Disneyland <laughs> a few miles down the street. But I think once this gets built, I, I can probably guarantee within the first year or maybe the second year they'll have an all-star game. I'm not really too, you know, keen on all-star games I'm whatever. But if it, if it brings more, you know, more recognition to the Ducks then that's going to be good. And, you know, I'm really waiting for a draft to be held uh, over there at Honda Center. I would love to to go and, and be part of, of draft experience. I've never done that, and it's one of my uh, bucket list goals. But I'm all for it. As far as the traffic, yeah, it's going to happen. Plan accordingly. Uh, you have that, that train that runs through. You, you can, you know, park somewhere else, take the train. If not, just avoid the areas. I, I know after games, I usually uh, drive you home, Mike, and I know where not to go. I, I take the, yeah, it's a, a little bit inconvenient. I, I take a few miles down the road and jump on the freeway a different path, but I'm not going to go right past Honda Center, especially when the Angels are playing, too. That's just a nightmare. But, I mean, it, it's something exciting for Ducks fans. Like, we have uh, something big. Um, it, it's going to be better than what the Kings and Lakers and Clippers have over there. It's just, you know, it, it's going to be something different. And I, and I, best believe or i guarantee he'll probably you know bring in more teams too like you know i know anaheim in the past i wanted a basketball in a basketball team nba team i mean having a a venue of that you know that big and that around where everything is just so just great i mean they can bring in that and it's only going to just generate more revenue and have upgrades unfortunate part about it i'm pretty sure the beer prices are going to go up but you know what as much as i complain i'm still going to buy it damn it yeah, I, I'm with you, too. I mean, the fact that the Angels and Ducks are doing something like this, it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be great. We don't have anything like that in Orange County. Uh, you know, LA Life has their thing. Yeah, parking's going to suck. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I look to Las Vegas and what they did. Uh, if you guys remember, I went to the Ducks-Vegas Knights game back on New Year's Eve, as you remember, when uh, unfortunately my mom passed away while I was at that game and uh, the way that they have it set up uh, you know Uber, Lyft, they have a monorail there obviously we don't have that here but we have the train there's other options there to get to the spot and you know I, I can't lie I mean I'm wearing my duck stuff of course 
And everyone's wearing their Vegas night stuff, which is terrible. You know, I'm like in the minority here and I'm walking down in Las Vegas going, oh my God, right? But they, like Eddie talked about, they have all these bars and restaurants, all the stuff set up outside uh, of the arena there in Vegas uh, where you can go and hang out and have a great time. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we went early and all the surrounding restaurants and bars were completely packed. With people, everyone enjoying, having a good time, uh, you know, and uh, even though the Vegas fans are really into the nights, you know, nobody really gave me any kind of shit or anything, or my wife, you know, and uh, I mean, it was a great time, and I think if they have this thing done, I, I, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Yes, like I said, parking's going to suck, traffic's going to suck. As Eddie said, plan accordingly. That's what I would do. That's what we did. We went really early for the for that game on New Year's Eve because we knew we knew it was going to be crazy. You know, it's it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> you know, the game was during the day. Uh, as you remember, the Ducks lost, but I mean, it was it was fun. It was a great experience. So I would I you know that's the way I would look at it. And yes, Eddie does drive me home sometimes from Ducks games because I have too much to drink. That is true. <laughs> so there's that part of it too. But I mean. You know, I, I, I look at it as, as a good thing overall, and I'm excited. I mean, it's going to take four years from now. By then, this COVID stuff will be done, I hope. So we you know, can get back to hanging out and socializing and doing stuff uh, at a somewhat normal uh, you know, environment. So, um, But yeah, that was the announcement the last uh, week or so. OC Vibe coming. Uh, like I said, the Angels are working on their stuff too, so look forward to that. The other uh, part that kind of came up, it was kind of interesting. It's kind of a surprise, if you will, uh, press conference by Bob Murray. All of a sudden, he he, you know, he was out there talking about stuff and going, oh my God, Bob Murray, he's going to have some comments and do all this stuff. It's like, what, what, what is this? So we had um, uh, Murray do a press conference. He talked about the Ducks this last season, uh, what happened. I thought it was interesting. He did the player interviews. Uh, a lot of them remotely using Zoom. Uh, and he talked about the season. And, I mean, the way he talked about the season is really, Eddie, kind of what you and I thought about. Uh, I'll uh, use one quote here and we'll kind of go from there. But uh, he said that there were some stretches of very good hockey played by the group. Definite steps in the right direction of playing faster, quicker, and doing some things the proper way. Far too consistent. He went on to talk about uh, special teams play being a problem. We harped on that too. The power play was at 14.7%, uh, 30th in the league, second to last. And the power uh, penalty kill at uh, 77%, 26th in the league. So um, I'll read some of the other comments in a minute. But what did you think uh, about Murray? I mean, kind of a, a random press conference. But uh, he talked about, like we said, he thought the team did better but uh, could work on the special teams, which I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, first, I want to say congratulations to Matt, and um, he, he definitely deserves it. Um, I know people were, were freaking out, thinking that Murray was gone, like they can't have two GMs or someone's going to be fired. No, like plenty of teams have multiple G, assistant GMs. I think he deserved it, um, especially everything he's done uh, in the scouting department. Uh, he has that eye, and it's just a great promotion for him. So so congratulations. I, I remember you mentioned, too, like just uh, recently about, um, or just right now, about how like team got faster and stuff. Um, the team wasn't great, but they did improve from the following season, and that's what we talked about before. We just want the Ducks to keep trending in the right direction. Um, 
you know, don't digress. It's just keep getting better. Yeah, they still have a lot of work to do to be that Stanley Cup contending team that we all want them to be. And special teams has, or especially the power play, has been a big issue. But I, I liked what I saw. And you can't really hold your head down as a Ducks fan. Uh, compared, you know, comparing last season to the season before, the season before was almost an embarrassment. It was I don't want to say Red Wings embarrassment because like I don't want to you know talk about a team that low. They weren't definitely that low, but they, they were bad the season before. Last season, they just you had a little bit a step to their game. Um, the physicality went up a little bit. They were faster. They let the young kids you know play more. So hopefully that, that can translate next season to them being more comfortable and producing more offensively or, or, or whatever their natural talent is and they can produce that. But, um, um, yeah, I just I'm glad he got promoted and I think it was well-deserved. And I think, you know, every Ducks fan could be in agreement that the scouting has been pretty much top-notch for the Ducks. Like they found hidden gems in, in lower rounds or they found players, you know, that – people overlooked that regret not picking so you know congratulations to him yeah and for those that don't know so uh martin madden was promoted to assistant gm the ducks are keeping uh both you know assistant gms now they have david uh Nonis as well on there but madden has been with the team for 12 seasons <clears throat> serving pretty much as the uh, director of amateur scouting and he's really played a key role in the ducks drafts uh, prospect development and a lot of the scouting and whatnot. So I think it's really interesting because now a lot of people are saying, okay, you know, we don't want Murray in there anymore. We want someone else in there. And Eric Stevens of The Athletic had a Q&A and I asked him that question because a lot of you brought it up. So I, I threw it to him and asked him, you know, what do you think uh, about Madden becoming the GM? And Eric Stevens said, I think he is in the running this promotion is certainly a position towards that direction, but I don't think it makes him a favorite. He'd be a candidate. So Eric Stevens basically saying that he would definitely be someone that the Ducks organization would look to. Whether or not he's the favorite, you know, it's up in the air. So, you know, I think that's a key thing uh, is that the Ducks organization has to look at because with Murray and the things that have gone on, you know, I don't, you know, Eddie and I have talked about this. We don't necessarily think he's the long-term future of the team. That's what we've said. Uh, we think that he's there to help the Ducks get through this expansion with Seattle. That's coming up, uh, and you know, a little bit in the future, and that's about it. And I really believe that. Um, and, I, and I think that there's some issues going on. Uh, Murray actually alluded to him in the press conference too, Eddie. He talked about, yeah, basically that he backed off. Remember, he was behind the bench and everything the season before. And he said that, uh, quote unquote, you know, I didn't feel I could be around as much. In hindsight, that's a mistake and error in judgment. People argue with me. That won't happen again. Uh, up and down the lineup, some of the kids were allowed to get away with murder this year. That's over. Accountability in this group is going to change, end quote. So he talked about, I think he's trying to find a balance, basically, uh, as far as being in there and you know not being a, a micromanager, but also not being away a at a distance. He did praise Dallas Akins for the things that he's done this last season, and felt that it would improve next year, uh, whenever that starts. Right, but I, I think the thing with Madden, I think it is a little bit of foreshadowing. I mean, if you look at what's going on in this organization. 
We talked about the drafts and how well that they've been. Obviously, that's not all Bob Murray, right? It takes a team to do it. Uh, and if you look at, if you want to say that someone's the man behind Murray, I would definitely say it's Madden. He's the one that's done a lot with this organization in the last 12 years. And if you're looking to give someone credit for the way that the Ducks have drafted, uh, developed prospects and all that, he if, he if you don't think he's the main reason, that's fine. But he's definitely a major reason why. And if the Ducks don't extend Murray again after this last time, I won't be so sad. Put Madden in there, and I think he's the one to do the job. But, um, you know, I... I I just I'm pretty adamant about this. I, I think the promotion of Madden was the right thing and I think it can only mean good things for the ducks down the road. I definitely agree with you hundred percent. I've said it before, I don't think Marie's uh, the GM that's gonna bring us that Stanley Cup. I'm thankful for everything he's done for this organization and I'm not talking bad about him at all. I'm just looking at it as a hockey standpoint and everything he's done since he's been a GM. It just I think it's time for someone new to come in, step in and and bring the Ducks, you know, the talent they need to win the Stanley Cup. Ducks, you know, are, are, are a great team. We have a lot of young prospects. We have a lot of young players that could elevate their game and be really, you know, elite players. And there's no reason why we can't win a cup within the next what, six, seven years or even lower than that. But I just, you know, I trust Murray 100% for the expansion draft. Yeah, I know people are so upset about Theodore leaving, but... It's just, we could have lost more. And I trust him for that, but I, I think moving on, we need some new blood and we need someone, you know, especially that's been the the face of the franchise that hasn't even been seen uh, coming out there and, and doing the job. So I, I would definitely be in the running and trust Madden to, to do that job. You touched on another thing, Mike, that I wanted to talk about was um, how he backed off and gave space. Um... People took it the wrong way when he said that. That said he wasn't in there. Um, I'm more kind of old school, traditional, where I think if you're a rookie, you should earn your spot. I'm not talking about hazing or things like that or, or, or any you know anything disgusting like that. I'm just talking about when you're a rookie somewhere, you should you know be the first one on the on the ice, the last one to leave. Uh, you should do anything in your power to, to earn your keep and your spot. I've worked in professional environments, including the Army, where I walked in and I didn't sit there and, and act like I was part of the team until I earned my spot. It took years to earn it, but once I did, I, I did it. And like I said, once again, I'm not talking about hazing or any of the stuff you guys read about sexual you know, stuff or abusive things like that. I'm just talking about keep your mouth shut and just to come to work and do the job you're supposed to do 110%, even more than that. Uh, and I'm not going to name any names, but I've seen a few of the rookie players that felt way too comfortable um, being rookies with the Ducks organization. They seemed like they were seasoned vets. Uh, the, by some of their actions, their, their arrogance, and I didn't like that at all. And that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, like I said, if you're a rookie... You, you come to work and you do even more than, than everyone else does and you earn your spot. Um, I'm not going to name the name, but there was a certain Ducks player on a podcast that came around and said that some of the rookies were joking around too much and kind of just not, not knowing their place, basically. And 
yeah, that's what he, I think Marie meant by that. He's a, you know, he's more old school too. But I, I don't know. Some of you might agree. Uh, I just grew up differently. Uh, I always, you know, I like he like I don't care where I worked. I remember, my, I remember my first job was at Carl's Jr. when I was 15. I still kept my mouth shut, did my job until I earned my my weighted joke in, in my spot. Even though you know a fast food is it's just like whatever job, especially at 15. But it's just that's the mentality I have, and that's the respect that that, that I have. And it just it seems like some of the rookies. Um, this season just didn't have that, and and they thought that they kind of ent- they had a sense of entitlement, and they they deserved to be there by not even putting in the work. And what I've seen on special teams and some of the games I've seen by the Ducks and by their play, hell no. Some of you guys should have been in San Diego and not even up with the Ducks, but unfortunately you were. So I hope that that kind of atmosphere changes and they just go back uh, to to kind of earning their spot and playing some good hockey. Yeah, and to add to that, I think part of the problem, too, was the amount of injuries that the Ducks team had. Murray talked about that. He was forced to put younger players up in there. Also, don't forget, in December, the Ducks team pretty much had COVID-19. I'm just going to come out and say it. Most of the Ducks team was sick in December. You remember the Ducks had to play seven defensemen in one game, where Holzer basically had to play as a forward. They had the the stupid ass virus, right? That everyone's talking about. So they they were down a lot of players. A lot of guys were sick and out, and they had to play a lot of these younger guys. Uh, I mean, then and throughout the season, and put them in positions that you know Murray didn't want them to be in. But the Ducks were, for lack of a better term, screwed. They had to do that. So I, I'm with you on that too. I, I think some of them got a little bit too arrogant. And I think they need to be reined in a, a little bit. And I hope that that does happen next season. And I'm old school too. Um, that's the way I look at it. The stuff that I've done in my life was all through hard work. Uh, stuff wasn't handed to me. And if you had an arrogant attitude, uh, I was raised that that was the wrong way. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not pointing at certain players on the team and stuff like that. But uh, Murray's the one that brought this up. So that's why we're talking about it. And I think that's something that's going on kind of generationally, if you will, unfortunately. So I hope that the team does get back on track. Um, but, you know, Murray didn't just take shots at them. He took shots at the core players, too. He, he said, quote, the core players have to elevate their game. They know it. They know it after talking to me. They have to elevate. Um, so, you know, it's a team effort, basically. you got to get everybody together. And I think... Uh, if you listen to the podcast too with Getzloff on Spit and Chicklets, uh, you can hear what he said on there. It was a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it's the same thing. You're trying to mesh this group together, and I think it's difficult in any situation where you're trying to put together uh, a team and, and do stuff, and you've got guys that you know a couple of generations apart here. Uh, things are a little bit different. That's just kind of the nature of the beast, if you will. So. We'll have to see what happens next season. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Ducks will do better next year. Uh, like we've said before, they're not going to be a contending team, but I, I, I think they will improve. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But, uh, you know, we'll wrap up the show with our last segment, the other uh, league news that's going on. Uh, we have another Duck that was out there kind of going off, and I was cracking up, Eddie. Uh, Ryan Kessler blowing up Twitter, uh, and rightfully so. 
I will say. But uh, Eddie, I'll let you talk about it, and then I'll I'll kind of break down this whole escrow thing. But uh, I'll let you discuss kind of what happened and 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 why he was so uh, irritated. Well, uh, it started off with Panarin putting out uh, a message. Um, if you guys don't know Panarin, if you guys don't follow the league, you guys probably should know the name. But he plays for the New York Rangers. He posted a you know a, a tweet calling out the owners and saying you know he he's ready to come back and play. He wishes he can play in front of you know his his New York fans, but uh, he's calling out the owners to fix the escrow. Well, um, Kessler came back and said it's about time quote or quote it's about time. The owners need to understand we're done paying their debts. You run your team to the ground. It's on you. If there's a pandemic, it's on the owners. Figure it out. It's not a free ride. And that blew up. Fans are uh, fans from different teams started attacking him, but he maintained composure and he tried to explain to him in his Kessler way. But he didn't demean them. He just he explained to him like, I remember one tweet he said that, hey, well, you know, if you work at Walmart and coronavirus comes, uh, the owners expect you to pay for that. And he was just trying his hardest. It's like, okay, wow. Um, but yeah, he he just went on a series of tweets just defending his actions and calling out the owners. One tweet too, and I know a lot of fans have been asking about this, and this is where I'll weigh in saying, giving my speculation, I think Kessler's done from professional hockey, and once his uh, contract is up, he's going to announce his retirement. Uh, one tweet he mentioned to one of the people calling him out saying that he still can't run and he can't have a normal lifestyle. Um it, so obviously his hip is still giving him issues and like I talked about it before quality of life is everything and he has a family so I'm sure that's his number one priority and with a tweet like that and, and you know it's I, I think he's done and you know and rightfully so like I said you know he he's done everything in hockey besides you know won a Stanley Cup but he's given his heart and soul to hockey and you could see that by some of his, his responses to people calling him out or, or bashing him. I, I don't know what's wrong with today's society where if your opinion doesn't match up with yours, you have to bash them. It's okay to be, you know, different, you know, different opinions. It's okay for you to think one thing and, and you to think the other. It just, I don't understand how people can just sit there and bash him. I, I don't know. It's just crazy to me, but... Um, yeah, from from what I read, especially that tweet, that last tweet about his hip and you know, um, you know, having a normal lifestyle and, and can't even run. I think he's done. But you know, I, I agree with Kessler. Uh, some of these owners make a, a ton of money and just kind of rely on the players and and kind of just take advantage of that. And I'm not talking about the Ducks owners because I, I I'm still ex- extremely grateful for the fact that they paid their employees the first uh, professional hockey team to go out there and pay their employees not even like not only their you know honda center employees or their ducks game employees but they paid you know the rinks you know and jt smith like whatever employees they had so like you know they're really generous they have good hearts but there's a lot of owners out there that are just you know like pieces of crap <coughs> boston owner <coughs> <laughs> you know what man I love Ryan Kessler. That's all I got to say. I should even like make a t-shirt and hit him up. Hey, can we make a t-shirt? I love Ryan Kessler. Yes. I mean, he, yes. Dude, he, he just, he lays it out there. He doesn't hold back. I mean, you're right. Panarin's the first one to come out and talk about this escrow thing. 
But uh, Kessler's like, screw you guys. I, I don't agree with what's going on, just like him. Here you go. People go at him on Twitter, and I laugh because, you know, Twitter's full of trolls, as we all know. And uh, they try to attack him. And I just I just crack up. I, 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 I love this guy. He, you know, the times that I met him in person, he, he's just, he's hilarious. He's funny. Um, you know, he, he's real. He, he doesn't pull punches. He didn't pull punches on Twitter. And, you know, just a little breakdown here of how this escrow thing works if you don't understand, like, what he's talking about. So, basically, at the end of the season, the league, they split the profit between the owners and the players 50-50. So, that sounds like a good thing, right? You're like, okay, cool. They split the money. Yay, you know, fair, 50-50. But what happens is the players have to pay a percentage of their salary into this escrow account. Uh, this last year, it was 11.5%. That money stays in the account throughout the season. What happens is at the end, they calculate, hey, okay, who made more money? So if the owners made less money than the players, then the players have to pay the owners. It's just like, okay, that's kind of screwed, right? But vice versa is true too. If the owners make more, then they give back that money to the players and maybe more depending on how the math works out. But what he's so mad about is you have players doing this, and it's not per team, basically. It's it's the owners combined and the players combined, right? It's it's not per each organization. So they're trying to balance it out. But regardless of what happens at the end of the season, they're keeping this player's money until this is determined at the end. And I, and I get it. And this was an issue we, we did talk about, too. I can't remember if it was the last show or the one before about uh, you know the players withholding their paychecks because of the COVID and then not sure if they're going to get their last one, right? Because they're paid throughout the year. So there's that issue too. And I get it. I mean, I don't have an answer. I don't know what the solution is to all of this, but I, I get where Kessler's coming from. You're like, well, wait a second. If I make 10 million a year and you're keeping over a million and I may not see that money at the end of the season because of the way it all works out. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that's a million dollars that you could have invested or done some other things with and whatnot. And I do see the other side. They're saying, okay, if it doesn't balance out, how are we going to get these players to pay back the money? I, I get that. That's why I'm saying I don't know if there's a solution. But for the players to be upset about the, the system as it is right now, I would be too. If you're telling me I have to put this money in a bank account and I don't know what's going to happen with it at the end of the season... I mean, that's that's rough. I mean, I, I you know, like I said, I don't have an answer, unfortunately. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a banking math type guy. But I, all, all I have to say is that Kessler's uh, frustration is definitely warranted, Eddie. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I'm pretty sure he's upset, too, that, that he's forced to be out of hockey. And that plays a factor, but... Every one of his responses was 100% real. And like you said, like Kessler is what you see is what you get. He, he's not going to be fake. And, you know, if he's in a bad mood and, and, you know, and you're a fan asking for an autograph, yeah, he'll still do it, but he just doesn't have that same attitude he has. Like, I, I've met Kessler a few times. The first time I met him, um, it was great. He was all happy and stuff. Uh, one of the times I met him, he was kind of grumpy, but he still signed for me and stuff. And, you know, he still shook my hand and everything. He's still respectful, but he's just like one of those players that he's 100% real. And I, I, it's really unfortunate that he's going through the stuff he's going through. I wish, like I always tell, you know, I've said this like a thousand times on the show already. 
I wish players can go out on their own, you know, their own accord and not be forced out, but it's just one of those unfortunate things. But Kessler is definitely the man. And Mike, definitely, we have to reach out to him and get an I Love Kessler shirt. Like, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I know there's a ton of Kessler fans out there still. So, I mean, that'd be pretty a fun one to do. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, we still got some more league news to wrap up. So, Eddie, I'll let you uh, take it away. Got a couple other uh, things going on in the league that we'll talk about. Some kind of uh, funny and not so funny. <laughs> Well, well, first of all, um, the Ottawa Senators, if you ever feel bad about being a Ducks fan, just think about if you're <laughs> a Senators fan. Uh, from all the, the stuff they've been going through the last few seasons, and I'm pretty sure you guys know what's going on. Um, now, I guess uh, the you know a foundation that they had ties with for over 22 years cut ties with them. I guess there was mismanagement and, and money or something like that. Um, they're still going to remain the same foundation. They're just not going to be associated with the Senators. It's just another blow to you know the Senators. If things make work, uh, make things worse. The um, owner of the Senators, Melnick, the fans got together and got some money together and posted a big billboard in Ottawa calling for him to be out with the hashtag Melnick out to to get him out for the Senators organization. That is like the ultimate slap in the face when your fans get money together and get a big billboard just to get you out. That is just, like I said, thank God we're not an Ottawa fan because that's just really crazy. Uh, back to the Edmonton Oilers. I can't believe this when I read it, but a Connor McDavid rookie card, the number 97th card of 99, sold for $135,000. 811 if you want to make technical but holy crap a card <laughs> in this day and age selling for that much money that's crazy the previous record was actually uh, was held by another mcdavid card that sold for over $55,000 like oh my that's just nuts 55 uh, give me that money i'll go to vegas for a week and i'll have a great time <laughs> <laughs> um let's go to the khl pavel datsuk He's reportedly uh, was held up in a Russian monastery with a priest who claims COVID-19 is fake, and it's a way to get people microchipped. Uh, I guess it sounds like more of a cult than anything. Um, it's just kind of weird. He wasn't like held up or where he's not. He's not forced to leave. He, he's doing it on his own accord. It, it's just I don't know, Mike. That's just weird. If if some priest is trying to hold me in a monastery, t- claiming fake things, like I, I, my first thing in my mind is get the hell out of there. Yeah, this story is, I don't know, this is one of the weird ones. Of all the stories that happened last couple weeks, I'm like, what? I I don't know. Uh, And like I said, I mean, there's so much misinformation going on out there in the world about all this stuff. Um, It's it's just hard to tell what's reality anymore. And I, I just don't, the biggest thing I try to tell everybody is do your research. You know, don't don't look at mainstream media and think that they're telling you the truth. So that's the only thing I'll say about that. But as far as him, you know, staying there and 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 whatnot because of this, I, I I don't know. It's just one of the craziest things that I could think of. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there, a lot of fake news, a lot of things going on. Unfortunately, I honestly don't watch a lot of news anymore. And I don't think a lot of you out there should either. I, I pretty much stick to sports, thank God, because sports, most of the time, is not fake news. So I, I stick to that. But 
you want to talk about weird stories that have happened in the last couple weeks, this is one of them. Uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm with you too, Eddie. If someone's trying to keep me in a monastery because of whatever, I, I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? You know, um, I, I would try to uh, bust out or go you know, do my own thing. But anybody trying to restrict you from doing something, I would question. That's the thing I would tell everybody, Eddie. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say. Unless they, you know, that 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 whole monastery and priest had a bunch of pink Whitney vodka beer. <laughs> like, oh, I would stay there for a few days, three weeks, and get drunk. <laughs> That's cool. But no. Um, to other news, more uh, actually positive news. New Jersey, Nico Heeshire, he's from Switzerland, and they have a mandatory military service. But they're exempt if they play, you know, abroad. He's playing over here in New Jersey. Since this COVID-19, he decided to, he wants to go and fulfill his military service requirement. So he went and did it, which is a really good uh, young kid. Uh, he, I think that's amazing. Um, what's funny too, or not funny, but it's kind of weird. Uh, in different countries, if you play in hockey, especially, uh, I think he got a year off his military service because he was um, as part of the, like the, the Switzerland World Championship game, some countries count that as military service when you're representing the country. So, yeah, um, he stated that he wanted to stay in shape and fulfill his obligations. So I respect the hell out of him for doing that. Um, I don't care which military you serve; it's not easy. And people that listening that are in the military are vets. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. If you're a pro athlete or anything, um, I'm pretty sure their basic training or whatever they call it, they don't favor him because he's a professional hockey player. He's just going to be the same equally piece of crap, which I was always told. And in better words, <laughs> when I was in basic training in the Army. But I, I really respect the kid for doing that and you know, good for him. Um, moving on, I want to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. This was funny. Jack, good Lord. Yeah, Jack Eichel comes out. And says he's frustrated with losing. He's irritated. Blah blah blah. You know how he cries and bitches and complains. He's the same rookie that bitched about his head coach and he got fired. Well, after he bitched, the Buffalo Sabers fired 22 of their employees, including their GM. Um, they actually fired their IT guy too. And which was funny about that is they fired him, but they didn't have any of the passwords for their social media and things that they needed. <laughs> <laughs> so they came back and rehired him, quote, stating, like, it was a mistake they fired him. Like, what kind of shit show is going on in Buffalo? <laughs> like, to fi you fired the only person that ha didn't do it. Like, he just, with the IT guy, he fixes everything for you guys. But what's funny is a one player can dictate what happens in your organization. I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of Eichel. I, I think he's a big baby. I think he should shut the hell up and play hockey. And, and try to win with the team he has and stick to it. I don't know. Like, once again, he has a sense of entitlement. Um, it's just it's just crazy how that whole situation went down. And once again, another team we can say, thank God we're not Sabres fans because that's just, that's, that's just crazy to think that they fired the only guy that that's significant to their organization and had all the passwords and they had to rehire him back and said that they fired him for a mistake. Yeah, Eddie. I mean, we talk about Ottawa a lot in this show and, and the stuff going on there. We talked about Detroit and them playing poorly. Now you could just add Buffalo in there. I mean, this is just a complete shit show over there. I mean, lack of a better term. I mean, 
they they boot all these people like you said the you know Eichel maybe started the wave of firing I don't know at least at least you know like you said he kind of was like hey you know complained and, and some shit started rolling downhill but yeah you know note to everybody out there if you're gonna fire your IT guy you might want to get all the passwords and logins and all that stuff before you do that and you might want to try them too to make sure that they work I mean holy crap man this Buffalo good lord I, I, I don't know I mean like like I said we talk about the Ducks and everything that's going on, them not playing as well and trying to figure out the season, kind of getting screwed in the draft and everything. But Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo, if you're fans of those three teams, I feel sorry for you right now. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame was announced. Uh, Jerome McGinley, Marion Hosa, Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, Kim St. Pierre, and Kim or uh, Ken Holland were announced as the inductees. Jerome McGinley... I can say is a class act guy, 110%. I, uh, when I was stationed in Colorado, I went to a lot of abs games, and I got to see him practice, got to see him play. Even at his age at that time, he was still always one of the first ones on the ice, always one of the last ones to leave the ice. He just loves the game and meeting him, which is so amazing. I remember I had a, that uh, the, one of the shirts you made, Mike, uh, the, the Sharks choking since, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. He pointed and laughed at it, and he was just talking about that. It was just so fun to meet him. I I got my Avalanche jersey with his name on it. He signed it to me. It was just a, a great experience. I'm glad that he's getting inducted. He deserves it. It's only unfortunate he's never won a Stanley Cup. I know a lot of people, and I, it irritates me when people do this. Uh, with Kim St. Pierre, when it was announced, they they post who who, like dude, you have fucking Google. Google stuff like stop being such an asshole about things like she's probably one of the most decorated women's hockey player uh, ever and you know she, you know it, if you don't believe me you can look up her stats I don't need to read them but um, I think she deserves it people said that oh you know because this culture she has to be in no she doesn't have to be in there the, the stuff that she accomplished she definitely deserves it so I, I want to make sure I, I called that out because a, a lot of people were just being like a-holes about that I apologize for cursing but just some people just irritate me when, when they're so ignorant and they don't know about hockey like come on if you claim to be a hockey fan do your research and, and understand all hockey not just like what you want to understand um to move on to Seattle so I guess Amazon bought the naming rights to the building and they called it uh, they named it climate pledge arena yeah that's kind of weird i thought it'd be like prime or two-day arena because they have two-day you know delivery but i don't know this kind of bothers me because it seems like you're just bringing a political statement to a name like yeah if you want to make changes and you have a passion why don't you just do it and try it and I think Amazon's kind of hypocritical by doing this, and they want to just do all this climate change things. But they send you boxes, they send you stuff from Whole Foods, but they don't, you know, get the boxes back to recycle them. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Another thing I wanted to point out too was they had the little clips of you know their arena, how it's gonna look, and if you guys really zoomed in on the picture, their jerseys looked red and white. I don't know, Mike, if you think about a red and white jersey, but it, it seems like, you know, it was like the Minnesota Wild playing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I saw you post that, too, and I was like, huh, 
red and white, it's kind of weird. So I, I'm with you too. I, I don't know what's going on with the name thing, but apparently, you know, again, I try not to get political on the show. We talk about sports and everything, keep it at that. But I, I don't know what's going on now. It seems like everything offends everybody for any reason. So they're trying to go with some kind of PC type name. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, like with you, I, I thought. If they went with Prime Arena, that would have been good because of Amazon Prime. That would have made sense to me, you know, something like that. Or, hell, go with Amazon. You're the ones paying for it. Why not have your name on there? That's what a lot of other places do when they have, you know, Home Depot Arena or Lowe's Arena or whatever. You know what I mean? They, they put their name on there. So, I don't know what's going on with that. But, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if they do turn out with these uh, white and red uh, uniforms because if you guys didn't see it uh, Eddie posted it on his social media so I have to kind of keep track of that and see what happens we're still another year away uh, before Seattle comes into the picture but uh, yeah I mean you know it's it is what it is and we'll have to just kind of wait and see Eddie definitely and lastly uh, the Bill Masterson Memorial nominees were announced uh, Ryan Miller was nominated from the Ducks um, I think Ryan Miller is a great, phenomenal goalie. He almost won us a gold medal for Team USA, and he's just been probably like the best U.S. goalie there is out there. But this might be an unpopular decision. I don't think he deserves this. There's other nominees that probably deserve it more, starting with Bobby Ryan. He, he battled alcohol addiction, returned back to play. He scored a hat trick in his second game back, and not just that, the life that Bobby Ryan had to endure, uh, the physical abuse and things like that. Um, if you, if you, if you don't know the story, you can definitely Google it and, and understand it. It's, it's really hard to, to kind of get your mind to, to, you know, to where you need to be to make it in professional hockey or professional anything by dealing with the stuff that he had to deal with in his life. Um, I can talk about that from personal experience. It's hard. So I, you know, I think he's one of the ones that deserves it a lot. Uh, Jay Bomeister, he collapsed in the ice in, in, you know, in that game against Anaheim. You know, he just, he came back, he, he came back with a positive, you know, you know, work ethic. He wanted to come back and play. He just, you know, he's one of them. Another one, too, that, that hits home, that hits my heart, is Oscar Lindblom from the Philadelphia Flyers. He battled against cancer, and recently um, he was with his team doing individual workouts. But throughout that process, uh, he's just always kept the positive attitude, uh, always being positive and, and just showing, you know, he's leading by example. Like, uh, you know, people that are, are dealing with cancer, we have, uh, I know, Joe Chavez that, that, that defeated cancer. We featured him on our hockey fights cancer night on our game program um he's another example he's always positive he's just always posting stuff positive he never dwells on it he never lets it defeat him and i i think if i can pick either one of these three as much as i want to pick bobby ryan because i can relate to him the most I, i'd probably pick Lindblom because I, I think his attitude is inspiring people you know especially that are dealing with their own medical battles to just keep that smile face on no matter how hard it is and uh, i really respect that like people like him and and joe chavez that i mentioned that, that just always maintain their positive outlook on life i'm a negative person so it's like when i see someone that's dealing with a whole lot of crap that i can't even understand or i can never relate to it's i, I think it's an inspiration 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, to me, it's tough. There's some really good candidates on there. Uh, obviously, Ryan Miller being in there, we're happy. I think uh, of the Ducks players, he absolutely deserves to be the one up there. But, uh, you know, looking at the other three, uh, holy crap. I mean, this is difficult. You have Bobby Ryan, Bowmeister, like you talked about, with that the game where he collapsed, uh, Lindbaum, uh, you know, facing uh, the, all the cancer stuff and coming back from that. I mean... Holy crap. I, I, I wouldn't be upset if any one of those three uh, got it. I, I mean, it, it's going to be close. I, I think they're all great choices. Um, I think uh, one thing t- t- I do urge people to check out is the Bobby Ryan story. It's on YouTube. It talks about uh, his life, um, how Bobby Ryan's last name really isn't Ryan. If you didn't know that, uh, you can check it out. They have the, I think it's like 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. It's on YouTube, talks about what he went through. So um, some interesting stuff there. Uh, like I said, you know, do your research, right? Check things out, look things up and find out what's going on. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, any one of those three I wouldn't be upset with. I, I, I get what Eddie's saying with Oscar uh, and the cancer thing. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Bobby Ryan. Uh, yeah, I know he used to play on the Ducks and things like that and the stuff he went through. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't be upset if any one of those uh, three guys got it. So uh, we'll wait and see how that goes. But uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, appreciate all the support. I know I've still been keeping in contact with everybody over the last you know, three, four weeks. Uh, we didn't have a live show when the Ducks did the draft lottery. Unfortunately, I had to work, so I apologize for that. But we do plan to do one when the actual real draft happens. We will have one because, you know, obviously the Ducks will be the sixth pick. So we're planning to do something uh, at least on that first day for sure. And I will plan to try to get it off as well. Um, also, Eddie Richards been doing the Jersey Madness voting, which has been ongoing. And you guys have been weighing in on that, which has been fantastic and awesome. Uh, so that's still going. We're getting close to the end there. Eddie's been doing the brackets and whatnot, trying to finish that. He also gave away a jersey on social media uh so we you know, want to thank uh, b newt underscore tutu uh on twitter he ended up winning that jersey uh we'll be doing more giveaways as well if you join uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks you get a free uh ducks and pucks face cover as well we will send you that that's anywhere it doesn't matter uh you know i've sent some to europe i don't care if you sign up for patreon uh, even for the $1 level, it doesn't matter to me. I will send you a free face cover, uh, whether you're in Canada, the U.S., uh, Antarctica. I, it doesn't matter. I'll send it to you. Um, you know, We've had a lot of people sign up, and we've been doing that. We appreciate that as well. We have some new hats as well. Uh, you can check those out at tpnhockey.com. And uh, we'll just keep doing as much stuff as we can. You know, Obviously, the Ducks aren't going to be playing for a while. And, and hopefully, hockey, there'll be that playoff thing coming in a month. We'll still be doing shows, like I said. It just kind of depends on as news comes out. This one, we kind of waited a little bit until the draft lottery. But uh, we'll still be doing them until uh, that happens. And even once the playoff happens, we'll be doing shows. And then whenever hockey starts next year, uh, we'll be back full at it. But uh, we really thank you for the support. Uh, Stay strong. Stay safe. uh, Be kind. Love one another. And let's go Ducks.